All right, well, um, like I said, my name is Hannah, and I am the children's pastor here. And um, as you have already could tell, we're doing things a little bit different today than the way that we usually do, but that is because this is our kids' church takeover, and so we are doing the things in here like how we usually do them in kids' church over there, and it is going to be a lot of fun, and one of the things that I like to do uh, with the kids that we always uh, find really cool is who likes to play games? Does anybody like to play games? So we are gonna do a little bit of a game, and but the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna show you our memory verse, and my helpers are coming up here to help me with this. But our memory verse today says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. So that is our memory verse, and that is kind of what we are talking about. But in Kids Church, we like to do our memory verse with a little bit of a competition. So we're going to show you some motions to go along with this verse. And in a moment, we're going to do a competition of the guys versus the girls to see who can say our memory verse the loudest and with the best motions. All right? Now, I'll tell you, during our first service, the guys won. So girls, you girls are going to have to step it up if we want a tiebreaker. Okay? So... Um, we will show you the motions. So it goes like this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Second Corinthians 5, double dot, 17. Okay? Um, so let's all practice it. You guys, everybody, let's have everyone in the room stand. Everybody, you guys can stand to your feet. All right? So we're going to practice it on the count of three. I want you guys to say it with us. Do the motions with us. Harley's representing the girls' team. Noah's representing the boys' team. All right? But this one is just a practice. Okay? So, you know, save your voices, but, but practice with us. All right? One, two, three. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. 2 Corinthians 5, double dot, 17. All right, that was pretty good. You can give yourselves a hand, you know. You can give yourselves a little pat on the back. That was pretty good. Okay, so now we're gonna do, uh, we're, we will move into our competition portion, the boys versus the girls. Who should go first? The guys, the girls? All right. Yep, we're, we're going to let the guys go first this time. So ladies, you guys can all have a seat. All of the girls, all of the ladies have a seat. But guys, men, stay standing. All right? All right? Listen, I am not biased at all. All right? I promise. Um, but yeah, you guys are going to try and say it loud. You ready? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. One two, three. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Second Corinthians 5, double dot, 17. All right, that was good. Give yourself a hand. All right, so now I'm going to have all of my ladies stand up. All of the girls, all of my ladies stand up. All right? I think you guys can do it. We've got the lung capacity for it, all right? Okay. 
It better be louder than the guys. Not biased at all, but you guys better be pretty loud. Okay. One, two, three. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Second Corinthians 5, double dot, 17. Good job. That was good. Okay. All right. I think, I think we have an idea of who won, but I do have to confer with my judges. All right. What was that? What? What were you guys saying? Nothing. Never, never mind. Okay. 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 All right. I think we've come to a unanimous decision, right? After service, after service. For now, I think the ladies won this round. Give yourselves a hand. Good job. I would say it was a very close competition. It was very, very close. Thank you guys um, for participating with us. But that's kind of what we like to do in Kids Church. We like to find ways to get the kids involved in the service, helps us memorize the verses and you know hide God's word in our hearts. Um, but we're gonna jump on in. So as you read in our memory verse, we are talking about becoming a new creation. And what we can do um, you know, through God, how God can make us new um that doesn't usually happen pastor hannah oh, pastor hannah no. before you start your lesson uh, come this way robot there we go there good boy ah uh, before you start your lesson i i need to show you something oh uh, uh there are a lot more people here than there was the last time i was at this church uh, well, Doc, that's because today we're doing the kids' church service in the sanctuary with all the parents and all of the adults. Wow. Okay, well, hello, everyone. Um, uh, well, what are you doing here today? I just talked to you last week, and I thought you said that you and your robot were out helping people. That's right. We were. Um, this is my model G-O-O-D good robot. And we were out there helping people all over the world, but I've come up with a new purpose for my robot. In fact, it's on a schematic. It's back here, somewhere. Uh, that's Dr. Howie, by the way. He's, he shows up sometimes. I don't know if the security team didn't lock the door today. I found um, it. He shows up sometimes. Um, apparently, he's abandoned I found it. his right here. robot. It's all right here on this paper. Look at that. Flux capacitor. Yes, what? I, I don't know what this means. Okay, I remember it vividly. I was standing on the edge of my toilet hanging a clock. The porcelain was wet. I slipped, hit my head on the edge of the sink. And when I came to, I had a revelation, a vision, a picture in my head. Uh huh. A picture of this. This is what makes time travel possible. <laughs> oh, I'm not evil. Not anymore. Um, no, no evil laugh. Time travel? I just... I don't know what you're talking about. Why, why are you building a time machine? Yes, I... I was evil. Yeah. I was evil. And, and 
I had an evil robot to help me take over the world. Yes, I remember that. But then one day you witnessed to me about God yep. and Jesus, and I gave my life to Jesus, and it changed my life forever. Yeah, and, and then you, made, you turned your evil robot into this good robot. Exactly. And you and the good robot were helping people, but why a time machine? Well, because ever since I gave my life to Jesus, I've been thinking about all the evil things I've done before in the past, mm -hmm. all my evil inventions and things, and I've tried to take all my evil, invention, e evil inventions apart and, and turn them into good inventions like my robot, but yeah. they all take so much time and, and work, and, but when I had this idea for the time machine, mm -hmm. I knew it meant I could go back to the past and change my own past so that I was never evil to begin with. What do you think of my plan? Um, are you sure it's gonna work? Like, you've already turned your robot into a time machine? Yes, indeed. This is a working time machine, as long as it actually does work today. Okay. I plan to take it on its inaugural trek today. Aw awesome, all right, well. No objections? All right, everybody, really. stay back. I am going to attempt to time travel in five, four, three, two. Oh. Oh. I think it's gonna blow. Everybody get down. Get down. Oh. 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 Well, it didn't explode, but it's still the exact same time it was when I pressed the button. Yeah. And I still have memories of being evil. Yeah. So, do you know what this means? Not really. It means that this thing doesn't work at all. Oh. I guess it's back to the drawing board with that one. Yeah, well, you know, Doc, the Bible actually talks a lot about people who feel a little bit like you who maybe have done evil things in their past, but when they came to know the Lord, they started doing good. And I don't think you'd ever be able to go back in time and change your past, but the Bible does tell us that our past does not define us. Our future is defined by the Lord. So you're telling me I don't need to go to the past? Well, I don't think you'd ever be able to, but you don't need to. When you gave your life to Christ, um, you became a new creation. Wow. Well, that's very encouraging. Like, all of it's gone, even though I can remember it. Yeah, but those things that we've done doesn't change what God has done in our hearts. Wow. That is awesome, Pastor mm -hmm. Hannah. Um, I think... I've got an even better idea now. I will take this robot that I tried to turn into a time machine and it didn't work, and I will re-reformat it into the robot that it once was, strong and capable of helping people in need, and yes. then I can tell them about how God changed my life. That how like I a was good idea. evil and now I'm good and God can change their lives too. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I guess I'll get back to it. Thank you, Pastor Hannah. And Thank you, everyone. Uh, enjoy the rest of your service. You're welcome, Dr. Howie. All right, let's go. You let's guys, go, robot. 
Have a Come good on. time. No, no, that way. Oh, that no, way, this way. That way. This way. No, not that way. That's expensive guitar equipment. This way. This way. They'll don't hit fine. the music they... stand. Don't hit the guitar here. Everything. No, don't hit the back wall. Oh, no. Oh, okay. He hit the back wall. Bye, oh, Dr. boy. Dr. Howie. Come on this way. Don't hit the light again. Oh, boy. They do this all the okay. time. They'll, they'll be fine. All right. The robot usually recovers. Yeah. Dr. Howie is an interesting character, to say the least, um, but a lot of us can probably relate to his story. We used to, in our past, we may have done things or, or said things that later on in our future we regret, um, and we want a time machine. But today we're talking about how God can make us new. And let me tell you this quick story. So when I was a a kid, maybe I was about eight or nine, I can't quite remember, um, but we would always go, me and my brothers and the cousins, we would go and congregate at our grandparents' house. And um, we would just kind of like hang out and play. And the way our grandparents' house was, was there was the woods and their houses in the middle. And there's kind of like a path that leads to the garden. And past the garden is this big field. And they grow different things in the field, you know, sometimes soybeans or wheat, but this particular day, I was about eight or nine, and I was there with my brothers and my cousins, and they had grown this corn, and to an eight-year-old, corn looks like 50 feet tall, and I was like, I walked up to it, I was like, this is amazing, I'm going to go play in that. Like, I'm gonna get so lost playing in this cornfield. It is going to be the greatest thing ever. And so that was like my plan. And our grandpa was out there at the garden and he said, don't go in to that cornfield. He was like, they've, you know, they've put pesticides on there. There could be snakes. Do not play in the cornfield. And we were like, okay, um, we're not gonna play in the cornfield. Like, don't worry about it. Like, we won't, we'll play somewhere else. We won't play in the cornfield. And then later on, we were playing hide and seek. And me and my cousin, we were running around and we were looking for a place to hide. And we see the cornfield. And we're like, maybe we just can just go a little bit into the cornfield, like not deep enough to get the pesticides on us or get bit by snakes, but like far enough in to where nobody can see us. So we'll just like go a little bit into the cornfield. So that's what we did. We went into the cornfield and we were like hiding and we were hiding, but we weren't really hidden because we were kids. So we were kind of like laughing and joking and stuff, but we were hiding in the cornfield and we're looking and all of a sudden we see a pair of shoes. And we're like, oh no, somebody's there. And I'm looking and I'm like, that's not my brother's shoes. And my cousin's like, that's, that's not her sister's shoes. So we're like, it, it's, it's an adult, we're, we're busted. So I look at my cousin and she goes, run. And I was like, where am I gonna go? Where are we gonna run? Like, how, how are we gonna run? She's like, I don't know, just run, just run. So I'm like, okay, so we take off running. And we're thinking maybe it's our grandma. She's actually here today. Um, I don't know if she remembers this story. Um, but we're thinking maybe it's our grandma. And if it's our grandma, she'll just tell us not to and she might like give us a cookie or something. But if it's our grandpa, we were gonna be in trouble. So we were running and we're running and all of a sudden we hear this voice go, stop. And we're like, it's grandpa, it's grandpa, 100%, it's grandpa. So we stop and we get out of the cornfield and as soon as I stepped out of the cornfield, I just felt in my 
gut, just like this feeling like I wish I could just close my eyes and rewind the clock and have never gone in that cornfield because I felt like just so horrible. I knew I had messed up. And this is just a lighthearted example, but I believe that we can all relate to the feeling of having done something and then later on just wishing that we could go back and take it back. Maybe we said something or we did something to a sibling or a friend or a spouse, and then we just wish, oh, I wish I could take that back. But spoiler alert, time machines aren't real and we cannot um, ever go back and change our past. But the good thing is that every day, even though we can't change our past, every day we make choices that can change our future. And the things that we have done in our past does not have to define what we will do in our future. I'll tell you, I never played in the cornfield again. Um, but in the Old Testament, in 2 Kings, we can read about a pretty grim part of Israel's history. The nation was divided into two. Um, you have Israel over here, and then over here you have Judah. And it was a period of time that the nation of Israel was just slowly falling away from the things that the Lord had taught them to do, the instructions that God had given them. They were just slowly fading away from following the Lord. And they were just in this vicious cycle of sin, repentance, forgiveness, back to sin, again and again. And they were just kept on falling into this cycle of messing up, asking for forgiveness, and messing up again. Sometimes they would have a king pop up, and it was like a beacon of hope who would choose to do the right thing. And then when that king would die, it was just buried with more and more falling away. Um, in this nation. And then in 2 Kings 21, we begin to look at a king named King Manasseh. And while he was reigning over Judah, he started to bring in all of these false idols into the nation. So they were suddenly building altars to Baal and putting up these Asherah poles and just worshiping these false idols. And they weren't just making specific places for these false idols to go. They were actually bringing the altars and the worship of the false idols into the temple of the Lord. The place that for so long had been holy and had been reserved um, for worship of the Lord Almighty, they were bringing in these false idols. And, um, and the worship of these false idols required the people to do these detestable acts, just these horrible things. We have the kids in here, so I'm not going to get into the details, but worshiping these false idols just required the people to do these horrible things, and they were bringing that worship into the house of the Lord. And, um, and so eventually, um, in 2 Kings 21.9, it says that Manasseh led them astray so that they did even more evil than the nations that the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. So suddenly Israel is doing more evil than the nations around them that God had been protecting them from for so long. And it was, you know, because this, they had brought this into their nation. Well, eventually he dies and he has a son named Amon, and Amon also does evil in the eyes of the Lord. He follows in his father's footsteps, and he begins to continue to do these evil things, but um, he must have been really bad because he was assassinated after two years um, as the king, and because his reign was so short, his son Josiah becomes the king at only eight years old. So he's eight years old, and, and Josiah becomes the king. Um, do we have any eight-year-olds in the room? Anybody in here eight? Grant, what would you do if you were the king of like America for a day? What would be like one rule you would make? 
take out all the idols. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Do we have anybody else who's like maybe like seven or eight or nine? Or five. What would you do if you were the king for a day? Keeping the world safe. That's a pretty good one. That's sweet. Um, you, guys are, you guys are really sweet. Uh, Lucas. Try and stop them? Like from doing bad? That's good. Um, those are really sweet answers. I think when I was eight, I probably would have said free candy for everybody. So there you go. But you guys, you guys are awesome. So here we have... Uh, King Josiah, he's eight years old, and he's already got an extremely troubled past because of the way that he grew up with his dad and with his grandpa and all these things that were happening in his nation and the people that he was around. He's eight years old, and already he is having the burden of kingship placed on him. And I feel like some of us can relate to, even at a young age, losing that innocence and that um, childhood being taken away from us. But I'm sure he had, you know, advisors and people who helped him. But the Bible says on his 18th year of reign, they were doing some upkeep in the temple. And he told one of his servants, okay, take this money, take it to the people who are fixing the temple so they can pay the workers. And so they did that. And while they were there fixing the temple, they come across this book. And the book that they found in the temple was the law of Moses. It was the the things that God had written to instruct the people of how they should live. It was like, here's, here's the way you should live. Here's how you should run the nation. Here are some of the stories and the things that God has done for them in their history. And it was sitting in the temple, gone unread. And so they find this book and the priests read it and they're like, you need to take this to the king. So they take it to the king and they read it to him and he tears his clothes it was like a flip was switched in his mind and he realized that all this idol worship was the wrong way that they should be living. He was like, we should not be doing this. We need to follow the word of the Lord. And right there in that moment, he made a decision, something needs to change. The Lord, he encountered the word of the Lord and he decided something needs to change. And um, so what he did was he had all of the servants and all of the people, he said, tear down every altar to a false god, tear down all of the asher poles, they, they tore them down, they ground them up into dust and spread, scattered the remains. So he's like, we are never going back to that way of false worship. As long as Josiah was the king, he was determined that the people would worship the Lord. And he made that change when he encountered the word of God. And even though he had um, such a past, even though he had this history, his family had this history, this was the way that they had been raised was to worship these false idols. That was the social norm of his time. That was the political atmosphere that he had grown up in and that was his family's history. But he did not let those things in his past define who he was gonna be as a king. And sometimes we look at our lives and we say, oh, well, I've been through so much. I've done so many things. This has happened to me. And so somehow that disqualifies me from the future that God has for us. But the Lord says that those things in the past, don't suppress them, don't bottle them up, but give them to the Lord and move on into the future that he has for you. And um, maybe what God is calling you today, what God is calling you to do today is different than the family you grew up in. 
or than the nation that you're living in or the social norm of your friend group. But are we gonna let those things in our past define us or are we gonna let the Lord define who we are? And, um, and when it was all said and done, this is what was written about Josiah. In 2 Kings 22, verse two, it says he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. And that is such an amazing testimony um, of what the Lord can do when we are obedient to him. And I hope that when I'm gone, if anyone has anything to say about me, it is that I followed and I did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. That I followed his footsteps, not looking to the right or to the left. And anything that I have done in my past does not disqualify me from having that be my future. And anything that you have done or has happened to you in your past does not disqualify you from having the Lord's plan be in your future. If you need another reason today, we have the kids in here. If, if there's a kid next to you or somewhere beside you, I want you to look at them. Just look at a kid somewhere in the room. You can find one. You are looking at the future. And whether or not you had one, will they have an example to follow in their life? Josiah didn't have a good godly example. His, his father and his grandfather were these horrible kings. But maybe these kids in this room will have an example to follow. And they'll be able to look and see, this is what God has for me in my future. So, we can't go back and change the past, but we can encounter the Lord and we can let him change our future. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for everything that you have done for us, Lord. We thank you for uh, the grace that you have provided and extended to us through, through your son, Jesus. And we just pray that we will be able to know and experience uh, your love and your faithfulness in every part of our future. That we do not have to keep on hanging on to the past and feeling this guilt and this shame about some of the things that we have done or the things that we have lived through. But Lord, we pray that you will put your, spirit, uh, your supernatural hand and your anointing on us to choose to have you as our future. Lord, thank you for defining our future. In your name we pray, amen. 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 Let's thank Hannah for a great word. What a, great, what a great way to kick off our One Family Sermon Series with the Kids Takeover. I wanted to have her stay up here because I'd like for us to pray for her. She's taking um, our, a good group of kids to kids camp uh, later, but this week she's been called a, upon to be a camp evangelist at another kids camp that she's going to this week. So she's going to be preaching all week at that. So could you reach your hands up here and let's pray for anointing upon Hannah. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're expanding the ministry of this anointed kids pastor even beyond Greater Life Church. I pray, God, that you would give her the words to say, the team that is there to help her, God. May you give her favor with the children that, that there would be lives changed from the inside out. And God, I pray you'd bless her, bless her through it. In the name of Jesus, may she take the power and the authority of God with her and operate under that anointing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's thank Hannah one more time for a great word. Amen. Awesome. 
A couple of announcements, but first of all, we're all about kids. We're all about students. And uh, in regards to students, we had Pastor Elena that just came back from youth camp this past week. Uh, took more, more students than we've ever taken and wore them slap out. Parents, if you had them come home and take a nap, it's for like three days, it's normal. It's completely normal. But the most important thing of that is camp is lifetime spiritual experiences. And we had 15 children that rededicated their lives to Christ. One gave their heart to Christ for the first time in salvation, and six were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God is good. Amen. Amen. So water baptism coming up in a few weeks is going to be a lot of fun. It's on the back end of youth camp and kids camp. We're going to have a great time celebrating that. Also wanted to make you aware that Grow Night, which typically happens on Wednesday night, for two Wednesdays, we're taking the time off. Enjoy your families. Our volunteers are going to catch their break. And then we're going to kick it back off with a family game night. And uh, there's going to be like a married couple trivia type game for the adults. We're going to have a great time with that. It'll be a lot of fun. I think Moises is cooking dinner that night, so if you want to skip that, totally understandable. You know, but hey, take the next two Wednesdays off, be with your family, celebrate tomorrow the freedom that we have as a nation. But even more importantly than, than that, all freedom comes from God Almighty. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, may your blessing and your favor follow us around this week like a faithful friend. Help us, oh God, to stay in your will. May we stay in sync with you in our daily lives and also as a ministry. Help us guide us for the next season. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great day. <laughs>